Good evening, everybody. Um, I'm planning to have a lot of fun. I don't know about you. I'm planning to have a lot of fun. So I hope that you'll join me in having a lot of fun this evening. So I'm talking tonight about the journey to hearing God. That's what I'm talking about this evening. Now, last time I spoke here, um, I spoke with my wife, Vicky, and uh, we love we love doing these kind of things together. But she's actually on a mission trip in Maastricht, and she's on her way home right now. So I promised her that I'd keep speaking until she arrived. So be praying that Eurotunnel isn't delayed, because I'll have to keep my promise to my wife as a good husband. But it's really um, it's really an honour to to speak here. Um, you know, when I think about the quality of people that speak here, when I think about all the amazing people who speak from Eastgate, but also people who've, you know, people, Chris Vallotton was here a couple of weeks ago, for goodness sake, and we've had Bill Johnson here preaching here. You know, God doesn't love any one of them more than another, but amazing people speak in this pulpit. And I just want to thank Eastgate and the directors, and you know, of which I'm a part of Eastgate, um, for letting me speak here. It's a real honour. And so I'm talking tonight about the journey to hearing God. And if, like me, you love the word, um, I want you to feast on this verse, because this is what I'm going to base what I'm speaking about this evening on. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John 10:27. Let me say it again. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. There's a huge, I mean, there's an encyclopedia right there that you can write on my sheep know me, the people who follow me know me, and I, well, they hear me, I know them, and they follow me. Now, I want to, because of the subject, because I'm talking about hearing from God, and really I'm going to be talking about my journey to, to hearing God. Um, I want it to be a bit interactive this evening. I'm not going to, well, I can't completely promise that I'm not going to ask you to do anything embarrassing, but I'm not going to get you to ask the person next to you an embarrassing question or anything like that, okay? But what I am going to invite at the end, because in the evenings we can be a little bit more relaxed, um, I want to invite questions, because I think that uh, our ability to hear God is so central to, to what we believe in, so central to our Christianity, it's so important that um, if you have any questions about hearing God, I just want to invite you to be thinking of them, write them down, and if we can, at the end maybe we could have some question time and discussion, and if it carries on then we can take it downstairs to the cafe. Would that be okay? Yep, yep. excellent. It's okay with Eric, so it's okay. <laughs> That's good. So I, I want people to feel safe Um, And I don't want you to feel got at. So I'm going to ask some questions and I want to ask you to close your eyes because I don't want you to feel self-conscious about people knowing your answer. Okay? So if you could just indulge me. I'm going to ask this a few times this evening for you to indulge me. You could close your eyes and I want to ask a question because I want to get a feel for where we're at. So I want to ask you about your current experience of hearing God. Okay? How you feel about hearing God. So could I ask you to put your hands up if you feel that you hear God all the time. You're just constantly hearing him, you're very happy with your ability to hear him, and everything's great in that department. Could you put your hands up if that's how you feel? 
There's only a couple of people who are, have their eyes open, one of them being me, okay? Okay, right, so put your hands down, thank you. Um, could you put your hands up if you feel that you hear God sometimes? You don't hear him all the time, but you hear him sometimes. Okay, great. If you could put your hands down, that would be wonderful. Thank you for playing, everyone, by the way. It's great. Third and final question, okay? And this is not so I can pick you out individually, right? This is just so that I can get a feel for the room. Could you put your hands up if you feel that you very rarely, if ever, hear or feel God? You feel you just hardly ever hear him, if ever at all, okay? Really appreciate your honesty. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, put your hands down. So give everyone a few seconds so you know you're safe. No one's still got their hands up. And you're back in the room. Okay, here we go. Excellent. Thank you. I want to tell you about my journey. Um, Why is that? What's so special about my journey? Well, the reason I want to share about my journey to hearing God is because seven years ago, I did something which was then called the School of Supernatural Ministry. It's now called the Eastgate School of Supernatural Life. My, one, my wife runs it. It's wonderful. Uh, she didn't run it when I did it. Uh, we did it together. And um, when I did that, I just want to describe what the experience was like for me. It was amazing and it was wonderful and I loved it. But I, I went in and there'd be worship times like we had earlier on. And I'd be standing like this. And people would be rolling on the floor. Joel was there. People would be rolling on the floor. People would be shaking. People would be hysterically laughing. People would be in tears. And Rob would be like this. For a long time. Like, just just stood. And I felt like stone. And I, to be honest, you feel like, what's wrong with me? Because everyone else is like rolling around and laughing and crying and shaking and feeling God. And I just feel like, well, I just don't feel anything. I'm just not aware of anything. And um, that's where I was at seven years ago. Now, and this is not a kind of, wow, aren't I amazing? The journey that I've been on, I'm now at a place where I know that I hear God every day. And I feel God every day. And I'm aware of his presence. And and I just want to... I just want to share with you, because it is something about kind of having eyes to see, really, how many times God's already spoken to us this evening. So, all of the, nearly all of the words from these songs are straight from Scripture. So, so God has spoken to us through that. And he's spoken to us through the way that Eric and the band have led us. Um, somebody came up and gave a prophetic word earlier on, where they mentioned people by name. And the specific things that they're going through. That was God speaking again. Someone else came up. I think his name is Andy. Is your name? Shared the picture about the vine. Yep. And he told me that he saw um, what he thought was maybe trees or bushes over there, but then saw that it was actually a vine, and felt like God was, was reminding us to stay in the vine, and also reminded him about the workers in the vineyard. God has been speaking already in so many ways, and I want to talk about that tonight. But I wanna I wanna help you help you loosen up a bit at first. So if you could indulge me again, but it'll be alright. We have sometimes have an encounter what we call an in- put your hands up if you're familiar with an in- concept of an encounter time. Okay? Okay, a few of you. So an encounter time is when we come into to the presence of God to encounter God. And and our main prayer surely for any meeting where we get together is that we encounter God. 
that's, that's what, it, what it's about. So, now you thought you were coming to a sermon tonight. What you didn't realize is you're coming to a dad dancing workshop tonight. So how many dads in the congregation tonight? I know you're a dad, I know you're a dad. Could the dads just stand up for a moment for me? That would be good. Okay, so our first dad dancing move that we're going to learn, okay, is this one, okay? The second one is like, it's very like it, it's that, okay? And the third one is you just repeat steps one and two, okay? Okay, done. So can everyone else join the dads now, now that you've seen how it's done? <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to, everybody's free. But do we, have any, do we have any Guardians of the Galaxy fans? Does anyone like Guardians of the Galaxy? Because I was listening to a piece of music the other day, and I was thinking about what I'd prepared. And um, there's a piece of music now, I'm going to be honest with you, when the people wrote it, I don't think they had our relationship with God in mind, okay? I'm completely exploiting this song. But I want you to imagine, while you're doing your dad dancing, okay, I want you to imagine that God is singing this to you, okay? And when he says it to you, Mark's going to die. Like, when he says it, he's saying it, when he says, what's the matter with you? The reason I'm, I'm saying that, do you remember when God says to Adam, Adam, where are you? Yeah? How many people know that it wasn't because God didn't know where Adam was? Okay? God knew where Adam was. He just knew that Adam was hiding. Okay? And so I want you to imagine that God's singing this song to you. We'll test the audio in a minute. And I want you, when he says, what's the matter with you? It's not because there's something the matter with you. He's just asking, what do you think is the matter with you? And then he's saying, actually, nothing's the matter with you. And the reason I want us to, to just play along with this is I was at a point where I felt like I was made of stone and I felt like there was something wrong with me. I couldn't hear God. I couldn't feel God because there was something wrong with me. And I've come to a place where I realize he completely loves me and he completely speaks to me all the time and he completely speaks to all of us all the time. And there's nothing the matter with me. I've got everything I need. Okay? So we're going to play some music and I'm going to show you some words. And can we just practice our dad dancing moves again? Dancing, everybody else. Okay? Here we go. So are we ready? Can we just check the sound, guys? Here we go. I'm pressing play. There we go. I want you to listen to this. What's the... Sing along if you know it. Hey. If you're feeling confident, you can move around a bit. Nothing the matter with your head. Look so this is you. Come and get you. That's what God's saying to you. Okay? Come and get your love. Okay. I think they've had enough, everybody. Can we just give that band a round of applause? If not to, and the dads. And the dads for the dad dancing. If you want to sit down. So, thank you so much for playing. You're being such good sports. I really appreciate it. So, actually, I'm going to remind you of some of those words, okay? Because they really, really hit me when I was thinking about us hearing from God. What's the matter with your head? What's the matter with your mind? Nothing's the matter with you. Hey, hey with it, baby. Because you're fine and you're mine 
and you look so divine. Okay? He's made you. He's given you all the equipment you need to hear him. There ain't nothing wrong with you, babe. Nothing wrong. Okay? You've got everything you need to hear him. And he's just shouting, come and get your love. The reason I want you to hear me is not so I can give you some instructions. Not so I can tell you what you need to do next week. I want to tell you that too. But I just want to tell you how much I love you. I want to tell you how much I made you like me. I want to tell you how much I care about you. I want to tell you just, just how much I love you because you're just so amazing. And that's what he wants to tell you. So, the first thing I want to encourage us to do is to give thanks for what we have. And um, I want to, want to tell you, I'll tell you a bit of my, um, my testimony um, so I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I, I grew up uh, in a, a home where people didn't go to church. Um, I was always curious. And then at the age of 15, um, some friends of mine started going to church. And I'd, I'd kind of always believed in God from afar, didn't know him. And then my friends who didn't believe in God started going to church, which was interesting. So I said, can I come? Because I did believe in God. Um, and they'd started to believe in God, but I'd believed in God all along. So I asked if I could come, and I went. And I did feel that God had been drawing me. Um, I didn't know him, but I just felt that he'd been drawing me. And um, I became a Christian. I was, the first, I was the first person in my family to become a Christian. Since then, actually, my mum, my dad, my brother, my nan, who was 79 at the time, have come to know the Lord. And um, and then a few years later, me and my wife actually started leading a church. So we must have really like loved God, mustn't we? Because we started a church. Why would you do that? Um, somebody asked us to start a church. Um, and I did hear God sometimes, but it was sometimes. It was um, like we were praying about what we should call the church, and God just said, call it the river. And I knew clearly he'd said the name of the church was supposed to be the river. One of the things I want to I want to share with you uh, as well. My my wife Vicky. Some of you will know my wife Vicky. Um, she leads the school here, and she's very prophetic. In fact, I would say I believe she's a prophet. And prophets, their job is not to give all the prophecies. Their job. As it, like it is with apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, all those things, and pastors, their job is to teach the church to do those things. So the job of a prophet is not to give all the prophetic words. It's not to do all the hearing from God. The job of a prophet is to teach the church how to prophesy. And that's what she's very good at. One of the problems when you're married to someone who's very prophetic, is that it makes it can make you feel like you're not. Because if I can remember like 20 years ago, you know, being in church, and I don't know about you, not so bad now, but it used to take me quite a while to warm up. You know, if I would go to church, it would be at least three songs in before I felt God was there. And I could, you know, and then, but we'd get in and half a song in, Vicky would have a word, and she would go to the front and open a button, and, and I'm like, you are kidding me. Like, I'm not even 
nearly warm yet. <laughs> like, and you've got a word from God. It's not fair. Okay? When you spend time with people who are very prophetic, if you allow it to, it can make you feel like you're not very prophetic. But that's not true. It's not true. See, prophecy is God speaking to you for someone else. And it says in the Bible that all of us can prophesy. But I'm not talking about that tonight. What I'm talking about tonight is you hearing God for you. Now sometimes he'll speak to you for other people because he's a good God and he loves everyone and he loves to bless you by giving you a word for others and he loves to bless you by giving you words for you. But I'm talking tonight about something that is your birthright because you are made in the image of God and he loves you and he loves to speak to you and he's given you all of the equipment you need to hear him. Now, I know that some people will be thinking, yeah, but then why don't I? Because I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray and I don't hear. And I understand that. I don't want to try and negate that. And I want to tackle that and talk about that tonight. And, and part of it, to be honest, it, it was like a jokey thing, but is in that song where you f- we feel like something's wrong with us because we don't hear. And I just, one of the main things I want to do tonight is I want to just break that lie off you and say, the fact that you have felt that you don't hear God so far does not mean you are not going to hear God moving forward. Okay, so I just want to break that lie off you in Jesus. In fact, can we laugh at it? (laughs) The idea that because you've not heard God recently or you've not heard God in your past, that somehow your past determines your future, that's a lie. Your past does not determine your future. Who Jesus is determines who you are because you're made in his image. You know, Chris Vallotton uses this amazing picture where the father is the painter, Jesus is the model, and you are the painting. And so when in that song where it says, you know, you're fine and you're mine and you look so divine, you do look divine because you're made in the image of God. That's who you are. You can't help it. You can't stop being made in the image of God. Don't get a choice. And you don't get a choice about whether you have the equipment to hear him. You do have the equipment to hear him. The problem is nearly always between our ears. The problem is, is that, we, that we think we can't hear him, that we think there's something wrong with us, that we think we've done something wrong, that we think we've upset him. Or the classic, that we just think we're not gifted that way. We're not that kind of person. God doesn't speak to us in that way like he speaks to other people. And I just want to say, those things are simply not the truth. The truth is that his sheep hear his voice and he knows them and they follow him. So my, my journey, and, and I want to give a shout out to Mr. Andrew Roberts sitting at the back because I did the School of Supernatural Ministry and we used to go off on mission trips just like the, they've gone on this weekend. And um, I would go and people would roll on the floor and laugh hysterically and just have a fantastic time and I would be feeling like nothing at all. And I shared this when we were on the car journey down to Portsmouth. And um, Andrew said to me, he said, Rob, I want you, when you're in the worship, um, if you feel anything at all, like anything, any emotion, any tiny, tiny tingle of anything at all, please come and get me. 
and I'll pray and we'll thank God for that thing and we'll ask him to increase it. Okay? So I was standing in the worship, not feeling very much, and then I just felt the tiniest, tiniest tingle of emotion and something. And I, I went and got Andrew. And I said, Andrew, I just felt something. So can we pray? And he prayed, and I didn't start like rolling and convulsing on the floor, but it increased. I gave thanks for what God did, and it increased. And I want to, I want to encourage you tonight and say all, all of us have emotions, all of us have feelings, all of us have sensitivity in, in some way or another. And I want to encourage you when you're worshiping, when you're just spending time with God, when you're just thinking about God, If you feel or hear or sense anything at all, no matter how small, give thanks for it and ask God to increase it. Because that's always how he works. If you look at the the, um, parable of the sower, or if you look at what Jesus did when he took the loaves and the fish, he gave, it was a tiny amount. It was nowhere near enough to feed all those people. But what did he do? He gave thanks for it, and God caused it to increase, because that's what God does when we give thanks. So instead of perpetuating the habit of, I don't ever hear God, I don't feel anything, I don't see, when anything happens at all, give thanks and ask him to increase it. So that's the first point. So that was the first part of my journey, and that's the first point. The second thing is something which started for me just just over uh, about two years ago. And that was I discovered something called soap journaling. Has anyone ever heard? Put your hands up if you've heard of soap journaling. Okay. Right. About 10, 15 people. Soap journaling is something. A a guy called um, Mark Appleyard introduced it to me. And I think it's a guy called Wayne Cordero who invented it. I believe that's his name. And um, basically it's... um, has anyone ever had a problem reading their Bible regularly? Okay, I've had a... Uh, why is everybody's hand not up? <laughs> yeah, put your feet... Um, so, um, if, you, if you've never had a problem, fantastic. Well done. Um, but I have, um, but I don't anymore. And um, I, I just, you know, I don't know about you, but you know, you'd go to read your Bible just before bed and you'd start reading it and you'd be falling asleep and you'd completely, within five minutes, you'd forgotten whatever it was that you'd read. And I was introduced to this concept of soap journaling. And I just want to go through it because without any question of doubt at all in my mind, this has massively increased my understanding of how I hear God and in, in, my, in, a, in a way my, my ability to hear God in a, my awareness of my ability to hear God has massively increased I don't know if you know Andy Mason who leads Heaven in Business in, in Bethel he said that since he started soap journaling he feels that his ability to hear God has increased tenfold tenfold Okay, that's quite a big increase. If any, would anyone like a tenfold increase in how much they hear God? Yeah, me too. So, soap journaling. So, what, what is it? Okay, well, the first thing is, so you, you choose a piece of scripture. You choose anything, a book of the Bible, anything. Start with the book of Mark, book of John, any book you want. And you start reading, and you say, Holy Spirit, please highlight to me a scripture. Show me what you're saying to me.
Now, if you're using a physical journal, what I'd encourage you to do is leave a couple of pages blank because that's going to be your contents page. And I'm going to show you in a moment how I actually do it because I do it on computer. So you read the scripture until something, you know when you're reading the Bible and just something jumps out at you. And just keep reading until it does. And if nothing does from that, just pick a verse that always speaks to you. Okay? So you write down that scripture. And then the next thing you do is you write down your observations about that piece of scripture. So you write down, what is that piece of scripture saying? What do you observe about it? What was the original message? Then, the A stands for application. So you say, Holy Spirit, I thank you for that scripture. I see what it means, the principle there. Can you please show me how this applies to my life? How can I apply what you're saying through your word into my life? And you write down how you apply it. And then the P, can anyone guess what the P stands for? Any Louder? Prayer. The P stands for prayer. See, the answer isn't always Jesus. Um, the P stands for prayer. And it's basically saying, Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking to me through your word. Thank you for showing me this principle. Thank you for showing me how it applies to my life. Please help me to apply this to my life today. Okay? And then when you've done that, S-O-A-P, then you pray again. There's a lot of prayer and interaction with Holy Spirit in this. Um, what you then do is you say, Lord, what's the main thing? What's the main thing you've been telling me today? Sometimes I find I just cut and paste my application because that's the thing he's been saying. Okay? And then that becomes like your contents page. You take that theme, you go back to the first page in your journal, you write the date, the scripture reference, just the verse, and then you write that title that God's given you. And I really want this to be more like a workshop and a practical and, and real-life type thing today. So what I'm actually going to do is something quite personal, which is I'm going to show you my soap journal so that you see what one looks like. Okay? So here's an example of mine. Can you see that? It's not huge, but you can see that there's writing on a page and that I've been reading the Bible. Okay, so mine's January 2018. So the first one is Colossians, uh, 1 Colossians 2, 13 to 15. And the title I've put is Have Faith in the One Who Does Everything You Need Before You're Even Born. And I want to show you an example, the actual entry there, okay? So I wrote the date, I wrote the reference, and then the scripture was when you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. So God did that before I was born. So before I was born, he did what I needed him to do. And actually everything, he, he completely so knows my life that everything I need, before I even ask him, he, he, he can provide it. He knows what I'm going to pray before I pray it, okay? And so that was the theme. And the advantage of writing down each day what God is saying to you is, is this. It means that you can go back to it and you can look at what God has been saying to you over the days and weeks. And you begin to see themes. And again, you can pray and say, Holy Spirit, show me the themes. Show me the pattern 
of what you've been saying to me. And I can just tell you, my hand on my heart, no question at all, God will speak to you through this. And you'll begin to see him speaking in ways that you hadn't expected, not just through your soap. And what, what I've found fantastic about this is, so for example, one of the ones I was reading this week is it says that Paul talks about the people that he's gone to being like his crown that he's going to glory in when Jesus comes again. And I thought, wow, that means like people that we've helped to lead to Jesus, we're, they're like a crown for us. And I'm like a crown for the people that led me to Jesus. So I sent a couple of Facebook messages to the people that led me to Jesus and said, I'm your crown. <laughs> and, and I sent one to my brother because I helped lead him to the Lord. I was like, you're my crown. This is fantastic. And it's just really, really encouraging. So do you think that might be a useful tool? Yes. Good. Excellent. So I want to encourage you to, to try out soap journaling. Um, the next thing I want to talk to you about is another tool that I've learned in very recent months in the last year, and that is declarations and um, victorious emotions. Can you put your hands up if, you've, if you're familiar with the concept of declarations in the way that we're talking about it at the church? Okay, about, about 40% of people. Basically, um, there's a couple called Steve and Wendy Backland who have ministered up here, and I was so impacted when they, when they spoke here. It was so powerful. And one of the things that they do and that they encourage people to do is something called declarations. And um, they encourage you to start your day by just declaring truth over yourself. Okay? And I want to give you a couple of examples. So, number one, my prayers are powerful and effective. Okay? Because that comes straight from James. My prayers are powerful and effective. So here's a little trick you can do, okay? So you can start off by saying, Jesus, I pray that you help me to get better at hearing you, okay? So you pray that, then you step over here, and you say, my prayers are powerful and effective. So I just prayed that God would make me better at hearing him, okay? And then I've just declared that my prayers are powerful and effective. So I either believe that, or I don't. I either believe that prayer works and that God answers it, or I don't. I've got to be honest, if as Christians, if we don't believe that prayer works, we might as well pack up and go home, mightn't we? Because it's kind of the deal, is that it's about our relationship with God. Number two, God richly supplies all my needs. That's from Philippians. Number three, I'm dead to sin and alive to live supernaturally. And I'm not going to go through them all, but we are surrounded by bad news. You know, if you switch on the radio, if you switch on the TV, if you switch on any device at all, including the very powerful one in your pocket, there is no shortage of bad news, okay? We have to actively choose to live in the truth and the good news about who we are and who God is. So who would like one? Here you go. I printed out one extra. Here's a list of 30 Life-affirming. If you want it, come and get it. Here you go. It's a free. Give her a round of applause. For... I would really encourage you. If you go on Igniting Hope Ministries, um, they will. They, they've got those 30 declarations. Um, I want to recommend a book to you by Wendy Backland called Victorious Emotions. 
And this has transformed my life. And again, it's about focusing on the good. And I, and I don't know about you, but I, I just want to share, like, so me and my wife are very close. We get on very well. And like on a, on a weekend, if, if we have a lie-in, often, like, one of us make a coffee and we sit up in bed. And, you know, they're kind of, there are times when you, you talk to your wife maybe about stuff that you don't talk to other people about. And, you know, you talk about things that are in your, in your life, in your heart. And what, what I've realized in recent years is because you want to talk about the stuff that matters to you, it's very easy to automatically start talking about the problems, isn't it? Because they're the things that are in your mind. Thinking, oh, you know, we need to do this and we need to do that. And that tends to be how we start our day with our to-do list and our, you know, must do this, must do that. And something, the reason that there's a moon on the front of this cover from what Wendy Backland wrote, Victorious Emotions, is God spoke to her about the fact that our emotions are, are like the tides of the sea. And in the same way that the moon affects the tides and the waters always come back to the same place, that actually what God wants us to experience in our lives is joy and peace. Because the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, joy and peace. And that's what God wants us to experience. Jesus has made us righteous by dying for us on the cross. He has paid for our sin. And he wants us to experience joy and peace every day. Now don't get me wrong, people, people die, people get cancer, horrible stuff happens. There's times when we drift away from joy and peace because we're mourning or there's difficulty. But the place that God wants us to live is righteousness, joy and peace all the time. He wants that to be our default option, our automatic that we come back to time and time again. So I would really strongly recommend that you read this book, Victorious Emotions, because I just guarantee it will impact your life. Because we are emotional beings. You know, righteousness, peace and joy, two of those three things are felt realities. You feel joy. You feel peace. It doesn't mean they are just feelings. Peace is a real thing. Powerful. But we do experience it as a feeling. And God has made us emotional beings and wants us to enjoy those emotions. So... I've talked to you about my journey, how I started off over here and I just felt like I was like a piece of stone, not feeling anything. And now how I'm over here and with declarations, declaring truth over myself, victorious emotions through soap journaling, through giving thanks, thanks to Andrew over there for for what I do receive. I'm now at a point where I feel like I hear God every day. I I do hear God every day. He speaks to me every day. And I just want, want to talk to you for a few minutes before I finish. About, so what does that look like? What does it look like for a person? It's not talking about a prophet getting loads of words for the church. And what, what does it look like? Um, let me give you an example. So actually Joel asked me, so I've written it in my notes, and he asked me to share a particular thing that God spoke to me a few months ago here. I was in the middle of a service, and I was on my way to the loo. And God often speaks to me when I'm on the way to loo. Don't ask me why. Probably because my mind clears of other things and I'm just this very basic. And, um, and uh, God just showed me, interestingly enough, a picture of me in a field with a watering can. And I was stood with this, and I was aware that it was a huge field. And I was watering this little corner of the field. And it was particularly with regards to my business and ministry and my life. And um, God just came to me and said, Rob, it's really good that you're watering with that watering can. I'm really glad that you're doing that. That's really good that you're doing that. Um, Or you could ask me, and I'll make it rain. 
just want to repeat that again. He said, or you could ask me and I'll make it rain. Now, God wasn't despising the watering can. He wasn't saying the watering can was bad. He was saying the watering can was good. He was saying he was glad I was doing my part. And he was making it clear that it was only because I was partnering with him that there was the offer to make it rain. But in that instant, I suddenly, I could smell the rain. I could feel it. I could see it. And I knew that in 10 minutes, he would make it rain more than I could water that farm in a lifetime. Just like that, he could do more than I could do in a lifetime. Now, what if God wants to do more than you can do in a lifetime every six months? Or what if he wants to do it every month or every week? Or what if he wants to do it like that? More than you can do in a lifetime. Do you carry on just like with your own effort? Or do you think, actually, God, make it rain. I want to partner with you, but make it rain. And and hearing God is about it raining. It's about him wanting to do through you more than you could ever do on your own. And he wants you to take, you know, he talks about Abraham and he says, you know, shall I go and do what I'm going to do and not tell Abraham? Abraham's going to become a great nation. He's my friend. He's my friend. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him what I do. And, and I'm telling you now, God is your friend. And, he's, and he wants to share with you what's on his heart and what he wants to do. I'm not saying he's going to tell you everything and what cereal you're going to eat tomorrow and blah, 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 blah. Just to, like he really cares about your life. And he, and, he's, and he not just wants to talk to you about it, he is talking to you about it. I'm not saying there's, there's no blockage, there's nothing, you know, I'm not saying there's nothing you have to pray about. I'm saying he's given you everything, he's given you all the equipment, and he is speaking to you. It's a case of us using the tools that he's given us to learn how to go on that journey of hearing him better, because he's transmitting on all frequencies all the time. So... Th- I wrote that word down, and I just want to show you something. Again, I want to keep this very personal, and I'm going to finish in a a moment. Um, But I've showed you already my my soap journal. I want to show you something else. Okay, So this is just my computer that I use all the time. So here I've got a folder called Eastgate. And within this I've got a folder called Prophetic Words for Us. Okay, and so here you go. We went to, we were blessed to go to Bethel last year, about this time last year. So I'll just open one up. So. When people give me prophetic words, I write them down. I write them down because I value them. They're kind of, they're like currency to me. They're like, if, if I believe God speaks, how can I not value what he says? So I try to record everything that people say to me, that they say, I've got this word from God for you. Because it tells me and it tells God, I value your word. I value what you say. Not just what's in the Bible, but I value what you're saying to me today. So I want to go back to my PowerPoint, and um, I just want to encourage you, because, do you know what? It's, it's so, um, well, I can say it's so easy. I don't mean that in a condemning way. I mean, there are so many ways um, that, we can, that we can hear God now. Um, sorry, that we can be aware and that we can record. I don't know why I did that, but here we go. There you go, get soap again, lucky you. Um, Victorious emotions. So I want to encourage you to record it and write it down. How can you do that? If you don't like computers, some people don't like computers, keep a physical book. Keep a pen and a piece of paper by your bed. I've got some amazing pens, okay? I've got a lovely pen, right? It lights up. So I don't have to 
this has solved my keeping notes in the night problem and not getting a divorce because my wife is fed up with me turning the light on. Sorry, I shouldn't even say that in jest, should I? But you know what I mean. Um, so record it. Write it down. Keep it, if you don't like computers, keep a physical journal. problem I have with journals is I lose them. Okay. The other thing you can do is you've all got these amazingly powerful devices, okay? And they've all got, if you've got a smartphone, nearly everybody has, okay? They've all got a voice recorder. As, as soon as somebody starts speaking, I'm like, stop, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Record, and I record it, okay? And then when I get home, I transcribe it because I value it. It matters to me what God is saying. And finally, I want to encourage you, you know, I use my computer and I have a folder that's just for prophetic words that people have given me because it's really valuable. You know, Bill Johnson, I heard him speaking. Now, this is Bill Johnson, for goodness sake. And he said, like, he feels that there's things that he hasn't entered into because he hasn't partnered enough with God on the prophetic words that God's given him. This is Bill Johnson saying this, okay? Who leads like a worldwide revival movement saying, I feel I haven't stepped in enough. I don't, again, this is not in a condemning way. This is a, I listen when people like that speak because they're a gift from God, okay? And he's saying, write down the stuff that God says to you and partner with him. Because when you get a prophetic word, it's like God's putting a door in front of you and saying, you've got a choice now. Do you want to walk through it or not? And you have the choice because you're free. But I want to encourage you to walk through that door. So write it down. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to summarize now. The first thing I want to encourage us to do in the journey to hearing God is to give thanks for what you have. However, whatever amount you feel, whatever amount you feel God has spoken to you or says to you, or you, any, any, if anything at all happens, thank God for it. Don't think, oh, why didn't I get more? Why is that person rolling on the floor and I'm not? It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. You've no idea what's going on in them, okay? Thank you, God, for what you're doing in me. Thank you that I had that sensation, that feeling that you spoke that thing. Thank you just for your word. Okay, read and listen. And, you know, it's like <laughs> Rob spoke about hearing God. What did he say? He said we need to read our Bible. <laughs> really inventive, Rob. But just there's no substitute for, for reading the word of God. It's like the distilled wisdom of God. And, but not, for me, it's not just about reading. It's about writing down what he says to me through it and, and asking Holy Spirit. And uh, I just want to commend that tool to you. Um, the third thing I want to encourage you to do is, is to make declarations. Print out this list of 30, Igniting Hope website, and just print out these 30 declarations. Just speak them over yourself. I set the course of my life with my words. James 3, verses 2 to 5. And, and I would encourage you to read the book, Victorious Emotions, by Wendy Backland. And finally, write it down. When God does speak to you, because he will, either directly or through someone else. He's been speaking to you tonight. He's been speaking to every single one of us tonight. Write it down. Because it tells you and it tells God and, and actually the person that gives it to you if someone else gives it to you that you value this thing. You believe this is from God and you believe that he's going to do it. If you partner with him. And, um, and I want to just encourage you to be disciplined about those things. And to just say, God, I'm serious about this. I want to hear you. And I'm going to start doing those things. So I'm, I'm going to finish there. 
Um, and I'm going to ask, do you think we can do questions? Do you think we have time? Okay. So, at the risk of a massive tumbleweed moment, but I don't mind taking risks because I'm an entrepreneur. Does anybody have any questions about hearing God that they are dying to ask? Uh, we do have a mic, if anyone has it. Oh, go on then. So, uh, Rob, what do you think is the most uh, life-changing thing that happened to you as a result of hearing God? Or perhaps there's maybe a number, but yeah. one or... Okay, um, one, one very specific one. Um, so we were... Me and my wife led a church, and Joel was part of that church. And um, so when you start a church plant, you take a lot of risks, and you say to people want you to become part of this church instead of joining any of the other amazing churches that are around and, and obviously people start giving to that church and they start seeing their families come to that church and they really invest and then we came and did the School of Supernatural Ministry and we felt over a period of time that God was saying um, we want you, I want you to lay the church down and become part of this and I don't know if you know this but like it's one thing to hear God for yourself and think, oh yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. But it's another thing when you've led several families down a road and said, God is doing this and he's going to do this amazing thing and we need to do it and let's all go in and put our kids into this church and let's give our money to this church and blah. And then you're saying, God's telling us to stop and do something else. And so um, I, was, I was praying about this and then um, God actually gave me two dreams in the night. And... Um, in the first dream, I was in a plane, like an old Lancaster bomber-type plane, and um, it was in trouble, and it, it turned upside down. It was actually running along the ground, and it crashed. But I knew in the dream that it needed to crash, and I knew that everyone in the plane was going to be all right. You know how you just know stuff in dreams. You don't know how you know. And then the second dream I had, the same night, I was on a boat, and the boat, again, was in, the tr- boat was listing but the boat had lots of people on it, and the boat drifted in to the bank, and all of the people got out, and everyone was safe, and everyone was fine, and I knew everything was going to be okay. Um, so then we had a meeting. We came to a membership class here because we'd started to get involved in the church here, and praise God, he'd been speaking to everyone, all of the families that were part of the church we were leading, and everybody felt the same way. Everybody felt that God was saying the same thing. So we moved lock, stock, and barrel. All the families that were part of that church came and became part of this church and are still to this day and worshipping God and loving God here. So that's probably one of the most impactful times that I feel I've, I've heard from God. Anyone else got any questions about hearing from God? Yeah, one over there. So um, how do you discern when uh, God's speaking or it's just your random thoughts? Good question. How do you discern whether it's God speaking or just your random thoughts? Um, uh, for me, I think a lot of it is, is about familiarity. You know, it says in that, it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And the implication, and he, he talks later on about like the hired hand or the thief or the robber, they, they don't, don't follow him. So I think a lot of it is, is about practice, is about just learning to hear God, valuing what he says, seeing what he says coming to pass and then thinking, Right, I heard that, and it sounded like that, that time. So when I hear again, I'm going to listen for it to sound like that, to feel like that. Um, and a lot of it, it, to be honest, is just trial and error, is, is not being afraid 
Because I, I, I'll, I'll, it's like, Lord, I'm prepared to step off this cliff because I trust you. And I trust that even if, now I don't literally physically walk off cliffs, okay? But I, I'm, I'm prepared because I, I believe that he's bigger than my mistakes. So I'm not actually that afraid of mishearing because I know that he rewards my faith whether I've heard right or not. And he's more interested in my heart than whether I get it right. So I think the main thing for me is practice. And the other thing is that I just say to him, God, I'm I'm putting my faith and my trust in you. I might have misheard, but the reason I'm doing this thing is because I believe you've said it. And I've just found that he honors me when I do that. So does that answer your question? There's a a quality that you recognize. and Yeah, yeah. I think, And I think that's about familiarity with his voice and just learning. Yeah, did you have a question over there? I was just going to ask, um, sometimes when you're hearing from God... Could you put it a bit closer? I was just going to ask you that sometimes when you hear from God and you're given a word out, not all the time, but you can actually feel his presence on your voice or his presence increases, um, you know, generally. Do you find that for yourself? Yes, I do. Yeah, I, I sometimes find... Not, not, like, I don't... And just, just to be absolutely honest and vulnerable and clear, like, I still don't roll around on the floor and cry hysterically, like, so far. God could do it tonight. But it hasn't happened so far. But I do often, if I hear God speak, sometimes I will shake slightly. I will sort of feel like a flutter in my heart. I will, sometimes I don't feel anything at all. And God just says, do this. <laughs> and I just know it's him. When I, when I asked my wife to marry me, okay, we hadn't been on a date. We hadn't kissed. We weren't going out. Okay? And I was in love, desperately in love. It wasn't, wasn't like butterflies in the stomach. It was like snakes in the stomach. It was like wanting to throw up all the time. You know, when you're just in, desperately in love and you don't know if they're in love with you and blah, blah, blah. And in the middle of that, God said, ask her to marry you now. Okay? Now. And suddenly, in the midst of turmoil, I just felt complete peace. I was just totally, totally at peace. And, and I think, um, sometimes I think we mistake peace with like an absence of hostility or, or I don't feel very uncomfortable. God will often ask us to take risks. And sometimes we feel afraid about taking risks. It doesn't mean like you have to feel peace. But I found often that if God is speaking to me, that there'll be a turmoil situation and then suddenly peace will come. And I just know that was him. That was him. Okay, there we go. Thank you very much. I've had a great time.